Are you at your point where you think you've hit your bottom or maybe that there's just no way you're ever going to feel like things can change? I was like that. I really was. And I want you to know, my name is Bromo, by the way. I want you to know that there is a way out. Please join us for my podcasts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, you look at that. <laughs> Got some new music going on. My name is Bromo. Looking forward to uh, starting this back up again. This is a podcast called There Is A Way Out. For those of you that are familiar with myself and my podcast, I so appreciate in the past all the comments and all the people that uh, listened and uh, passed them on to others. That's what this is for. This is a, a new, uh, well, a new plateau, I guess I'm on. Not plateau, you goof. A new platform. But it's still going to go to Spotify, I think, and all the others when these are done. My engineer, Randy, who's awesome, is going to help me put these, help me, like I'm doing anything. He's going to put these together. I think they show up on our uh, app, and I'll give you that app address. And then, um, like I said, uh, other platforms, it'll be there. There is a way out, which is about recovery. We'll start out with some episodes of my story, and for those of you that have heard it many times, I apologize, you'll have to hear it again. I cannot uh, take the episodes I did over four years ago. That was at another radio station, another company. So I'm starting over with my own story. Does this make sense? And then when my story's done, we will open it up. I'll open up to guests and open up to people who have their stories and, and anybody who can add to what, this uh, disease is all about and and can can tell us their feeling on addiction, which is so strong, affects so many people. There is a way out is designed for you to maybe listen in if you think you have a problem or if you have a friend or someone else that uh, you believe may need just a little pick me up and you can listen to what uh, what I went through and that I still go through. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor or anything like that. I don't have any certificates. I just do. I have life experience. Duh. You're not going to hear me curse because I don't believe that's. And I'm not putting anyone down. That's their own way of thinking. But sometimes people get in front of a microphone and they're doing a podcast and they let everything fly. And that's just my not my nature of doing things. I don't believe you need to curse to be effective at all. So why don't I be quiet, and that doesn't make sense, why don't I begin, there is a way out, with my story years ago when I was growing up in San Diego, pretty uh, basic middle uh, class neighborhood with a cul-de-sac where I played touch football with my friends, I had longer hair, of course, uh, un- un- uh unsatisfying my dad who always wanted me to get my hair cut but I let it fly stayed out there late until my mom would yell out dinner and then of course we'd all run in 
Now, I saw my parents drink from time to time. I believe my mom would get a little extra giddy if she had half a glass of wine. I didn't observe anybody overdoing things. I know my dad drank some beer, and I know my uncle. He drank quite a bit. And, you know, when you're in your teens back then or when you're a kid back then, you don't really take note of anybody doing any extra drinking or anything like that. You're not sure. You have no idea what an alcoholic is back then. Keep in mind now, this is way, 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 way back then when there were no cell phones, no social media like Facebook or anything like that. Times were, well, you're sure you're going to say a lot more relaxed and mellow because I was a kid. When I got into high school, I still, like a nerd I was, I would hang out with my friends, but a few select friends. When I say select, I'm not trying to be... uh, Pish poshy, uh, Mr. Big Shot. Select friends means that nobody else wanted to be my friends except for a few people. And that's how it was. I didn't really go to a whole lot of parties. But uh, if I did, I would bring my few select friends so I had somebody to huddle huddle with in the corner. Um, I saw drinking, of course, and uh, maybe I was offered a beer, but I always put, I always said no. I never was intrigued. And uh, now and then we would have that funny smell that would be in the background and we would find out later that wasn't a cigarette. Because it always struck me as kind of odd that I'd see six or seven people in a circle laughing and being goofy and passing some, is that a cigarette? Why are they sharing a cigarette? Because, you know, back then, once again, I didn't see a lot of drugs at all in my high school called Point Loma High School. Man, I didn't see any drugs. I didn't see anything passing through the hallways or anything like that. Nothing was talked about. <clears throat> so once again, in high school, I was pretty straight-laced as far as never going to a football game or never going to a dance. Didn't go to any of my proms or anything like that. I know that's a shocker. <laughs> it really wasn't. But the parties that my mom had after she let uh, she and my dad separated, broke up, divorced, I guess a better way, When they divorced, my mom, who had met her second husband, and uh, they were just perfect for each other, that was kind of the mod squad, you know, back in the uh, early 80s, the late 70s. They would have people over wearing uh, goofy-looking Hawaiian shirts or mod-looking shirts with Credence uh, Credence Clearwater survival playing in the background. And that's when I... In the at my mom's place in her condo when she would have her people over, that's when I would see what we all knew now as as marijuana. We would smell that and we would see them passing around and we'd see adults drinking. And of course, I'd venture off into my own room or somewhere else because I was bored to death. Uh, into my later years of my teens, early twenties, my dad and I. We took a year off, he did, from his work as a principal. We moved to Guadalajara, Mexico, and I got into long-distance running. And, uh, of course, maybe I'd see him drink a beer or two, but it was never like he'd go out and buy a six-pack or a 12-pack or anything like that. Uh, I tried to um, live in a different culture. I couldn't speak any Spanish at all, and I met a 
gal out there, and she didn't speak any English at all. And that was fun, going on a date. ¿Dónde está el baño? And, of course, uh, I would have to have the guy physically show me where the bathroom was. See, right there, see. Okay. So our dates didn't consist of a whole lot of talking. I trained for my first marathon out there. And, boy, I didn't put a whole lot of miles in because I had no idea what it took to run a 26.2 miles. And I got into running when I was in late high school because I really wanted to do sports. But I... I was the nerd and bat, and no offense to other basketball statisticians, but I was the nerd. I really wanted to play high school basketball, but I was uncoordinated. And so the coach liked me anyway, and he said, why don't you uh, come on over here? I got a job for you. Oh, really? Yeah, I need you to keep statistics for our team. So I kept the statistics for our basketball team. <laughs> I did. I was the baseball manager, which consisted of everybody making fun of me and this and that. But uh, I love sports, and I was not good at any sports, except for when my dad started getting me involved with running because he wanted to go out and run, and he didn't want to run by himself. Jogging was what it was called. The running boom back then. So I would jog along with my dad, and the only reason why I would is because he would promise me pizza. We're only going a mile. 20 minutes later, are we there yet? Oh, just around the corner. Of course, it would turn out to be like three or four miles. We'd just run. But what I liked about the running part was it was all how much work you put in by yourself. And I didn't really realize uh, how much I enjoyed that part of it until years later. But So when I moved to Guadalajara, Mexico, I didn't have a whole lot of running underneath me or in me. And uh, I flew back out to San Diego after training for a little bit and ran my first marathon in four hours and seven minutes. Good grief. Let me tell you how painful that is. When you're out and about. So uh, into my running career as I just started running, I trained more and I did this and that more. And I got, grew more uh, intrigued in how much I could uh, get better at the sport by running more. And uh, I actually joined the Mesa College Junior College team. I was the last guy on the team. But I was running more and I was starting to see some results, which were very encouraging. Still... No drinking, not even close. I mean, if I came home and there was just a beer and nothing else in the refrigerator, I remember I did that once. It was super hot, and I'm still living with my dad, and we moved to Point Loma at this point. I came home, and I was dying of thirst. And I remember that beer looked really cold in there. I opened it up, and I took two swigs, and I almost gagged. Do I have to finish this? And I tried to finish it, and it was awful. And it's funny thing is because my dad came home probably craving that one beer. David, where's the beer? Did you touch the beer in here? There was one beer in here. And I think I lied and said that I accidentally hit it over and hit in the ground and it opened and flew all over the place. But I'm even sure, even if I told him that I had a couple of sips, he wouldn't have cared. But I wasn't into drinking. Not at all. If we went out with my sister... I would have a Diet Coke or water or whatever, and he would have his beer. Even when I got into my 20s, uh, Carrie, my sister, Carrie, I'll have a glass. You want a glass of wine? I'll take a draft beer, and uh, my son, he'll have a Coke. Put a cherry in there. <laughs> I remember when I did start drinking, and the first time I ever said, no, Dad, I'll take a beer. It shocked him because I don't think he thought that I was ever even close to even – wanting 
a, a beer. So I had no tendencies at all to drink. None. I didn't see, like I said before, I saw pot here and there now and then, but didn't have any tendencies to even try that. Maybe if it was offered to me, I was too scared or something like that. No thought process on on getting high or getting drunk. As a matter of fact, when I finally did have a couple of drinks once, it was only because a friend of mine said, hey, you want to come over with another goofy friend three blocks down the street? And we raided the his parents' bar. They had a good old-fashioned bar behind uh, some bar stools. And he mixed me up a bunch of concoctions of goofy uh, wine and whatever drinks there were there. And he poured it all into a kind of a big, huge cup. And I remember getting sloshed, trying to ride my bicycle two blocks down back to my house. And I fell over. <clears throat> and I remember thinking, this is stupid. I do remember that. I woke up with the biggest headache. That's the one and only time that I even was curious. And that all went away. That all went away until my running career, as it progressed, and I got better and better and better at it, my running came to a halt when a sciatic nerve said, you're not going to run anymore. It put a damper to my marathon training. My next... um, segment my next episode if you will i'll tell you how i learned that i'm one of those persons that's addictive addictive personality that led to my very first ice cold beer in a restaurant behind the scenes in a restaurant once again my name is bromo i'm thrilled to be part of this there is a way out stay with me won't you because my story will continue and we will hear from others as we continue down this path right here with us. By the way, you can you can listen to my podcast on our 96.5 The Walleye app. Download that for free. There is a way out is, is really my goal is to have someone who thinks they're on the fence to listen in on this as we progress through segments and segments and segments to give yourself a try and realize that, yeah, there is a way out. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.